It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Monday, August 3rd, and over the weekend, we had some updates on the Steelers roster as two players were added to the reserve COVID-19 list and eight players were waived. I'll get into who those players are in the first segment, what really matters with that, and then how that relates to what they're going to be doing moving forward as we get closer to the start of their first padded practice scheduled August 17th. Then there was talk of Troy Polamalu and it was disrespectful and I'm not having it. Y'all know I don't play with this kind of stuff. Bart Scott and a few other people in the NFL media world had some things to say about Troy. I got my things to say about Troy. You'll hear that in the second segment. And finally, We'll get into some words as Keith Butler, the Steelers defensive coordinator, spoke with the media last week. Wanted to break down some of the things that he said and what you can take as a fan moving forward. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, DoorDash. Go to DoorDash right now and, you, and our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more at DoorDash. When you download the DoorDash app, be sure to enter the code Locked On. that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On get to make sure to get your $5 off and secret delivery fees on your first order of over $15 or more. Go to DoorDash today. Let's get into it. All right, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the show. Hope you all had a good weekend. I didn't because you all didn't vote for me in Fantasy Draft Friday. The winner goes to Hunter Homestack, who wins his first Fantasy Draft Friday since, I don't know, April? Wow. Doing that, doing me dirty like that. Well, he gets a point in the standings, which means he's still far off. I think I'm still, what, three, four points over Tony. Um, But all in all, it was a fun show. Glad to have him on. He sucks because he won. Anyways, vote for me next time. But let's get into the top story of the day, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers making some announcements here. First and foremost, two players have been added to the reserve COVID-19 list. Those players' names, running back Jalen Samuels and wide receiver James Washington. Jalen Samuels and James Washington make the third and fourth members of the Steelers on this list as both 
defensive back Arion Spriggs and cornerback Justin Lane were already on it. Now, this means these players will be put into quarantine, but it does not mean definitively that these guys tested positive for COVID. It just might mean that they came into contact with somebody and that they do have to go into quarantine. It also does not mean they're out for the season or anything. It's just the part of the NFL system and how they're trying to manage isolating players who come into contact with those who have COVID so that the rest of the team can train safely and the game can be played the right way. Um, so all in all, don't think, take this too too highly, too hardly. Um, right now, the players are still. This is part of the system that they wanted to have. Anyone that comes into training camp with it is going to be isolated. They wanted three weeks to do this. They've got those three weeks. That way, anyone who tests positive or gets put on this list early on, they're not going to miss too much. Because guess what? The first padded practice is August seventeenth. They're doing some run around drills on the on Heinz Field right now. Um, and uh, and you know it's nothing that's like major and uh, and a lot of this stuff is they're still doing virtually like they're still doing team meetings those things these players can do in their own spaces so it's not like they are missing out on huge activities that are going to take them take them to the next level um, so rest assured that this is all part of the system this is not a detriment or a stop anyway to what they are to what they've been trying to do. Um, I think the biggest concern will be if we hit August 17th and we have several players who have tested positive then it means maybe people aren't isolating properly they're not they're not they're not you know they're not staying in and doing the things that they need to do to make sure they're not catching covid um, as we've seen with major league baseball so um, yeah, just got to see how this plays out. Um, that's how it's going to determine this football season. But so far, only four players getting it, just reporting in. I don't see that as too, uh, too horrible of a thing right now. But the other big news, of course, is the Steelers making eight cuts. Now, I wouldn't say this is huge news of any kind. This isn't groundbreaking. But these are the first steps to get the team down to 80 players for the first training camp roster. And that involves eight players that have been officially waived by the team. Uh, first of the players is quarterback JT Barrett, which I have to say we all expected because uh, JT Barrett, as exciting as he could be in college at times, uh, he was always the lesser of the, the Ohio State quarterbacks that have come through there over the years between Haskins and now Justin Fields and all the other guys that have played there. Um, but uh, but Barrett, you know, he, uh, he he came he came to the team, he was on the practice squad, and he's, you know, there was speculation that maybe he'll, pu- he'll push Paxton Lynch, but uh, it was always a, an extremely long shot to even battle with Lynch for the fourth p- p- spot in the court in a quarterback exchange. Um, them them letting him go was not a surprise. That means the battle is definitely between Paxton Lynch and uh, Devlin Hodges. Anyways, moving forward, running back Ralph Webb. You may remember Ralph Webb because he's played in some preseason games. Um, he does have experience with the team. And uh, you know he's he's a guy that at least you could be familiar with um, with uh, with with the Steelers before. Um, and he's also he's bounced he's bounced around a little bit. Um, he's still figuring out you know how to how to make it in this league. Uh, but Ralph Webb, of course, um, he's a 25 year old dude. The, this team was already thick at running back. That nothing nothing was going to happen here. Um, so I'm not I'm not surprised about that. Unfortunately. Um, but uh, but yeah. So, uh, anyways, Ralph Webb out the out the team now. Next on the list was um, a player that 
some of you might remember a little bit more fondly is Quadri Henderson. Now, Quadri Henderson is a wide receiver from the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, any Pitt fans remember Henderson because in that 2016 year when the offense was going ballistic, he was absolutely part of it. They were running jet sweeps, and Henderson was just making people miss. He was a cool special teamer. He did a good job returning. Uh, his biggest thing was that he was undersized. He made a good one-handed catch for the Steelers in a preseason game a year or two ago. Um, so people were kind of excited about Quadri, but... Again, undersized, you know, hasn't really worked out. Um, and uh, again, th this team has a lot of talent at wide receiver that they have to consider. He was, uh, him being let go, not too much of a surprise. I was interested to see if he could push because uh, the offensive coordinator in that year where Pitt went ballistic in 2016 was Matt Canada, who is now the team's quarterback coach. Um, and I thought maybe Canada would push to have Henderson. Not that he would try to work him in to become a main weapon of the offense, but maybe he, he would try to say, hey, guys, you can trust this guy. Put him on your special teams. Do something with him. But that didn't happen. Um, other players are offensive lineman Christian Montano, linebacker Christian Kuntz, who, is all, who played for Duquesne University. So a lot of people have been rooting for that guy to come to come through. Unfortunately, he's just, he's just not good enough to make the team. Uh, another linebacker, Dwayne Hendricks, who was seen working out at the team's facility over the weekend. Safety, Tyree Kennel, and defensive end, Josiah Coatney. Now, here's the thing, guys. None of this is a surprise. These are all players that were probably not going to make it past the first cuts anyways. Um, the Steelers have to get to 80 so that they can do this with over 14 padded practices. They're going to have to decide who to cut to get down to 55 players, which is another, what, 25 guys? So, um... These guys were just the lower of the of those players that, that they could afford to let go right now. I do believe they still have to let go two more guys to make make it to eighty. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, this is again this is not a huge deal of a thing. But I think the good thing is that the Steelers at running back and wide receiver, you see they're okay with letting go guys like that they that we've seen before, especially a guy like Quadri Henderson who looks like he could be your a fifth or sixth wide receiver and a returner a returner option. It's because they have so many young guys at the position that they can that they can count on and having options as Mike Tomlin, it's a good thing. But you know who also has a lot of options? That's our sponsor, DoorDash. DoorDash has tons of options with great food options all around your area. Just punch in your address and you'll find so many different things that you can get delivered right to your door and pretty quickly. I use it all the time when I'm at work. If I need a quick quick lunch or even when I'm at home, if I need if I need some dinner, DoorDash gives me options, plenty of things, plenty of ways to communicate with my delivery person and get it done quickly. Have you ever tried DoorDash? If you have, you probably had a, probably had a good experience. Right now, if you haven't tried DoorDash, you got a chance to, to get a special offer that, that's tied to the Locked On Sports Network. If you go to Lock the DoorDash and download the app right now, you can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on the on your first order of $15 or more. Just go to the DoorDash app and enter the code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. And you can get that, that that special of $5 off at your first order and, and along with zero delivery fees on your first order. I'm telling you, DoorDash is definitely something that gives you a ton of options like the Steelers have among their young wide receiver players. All right, with that, with our first break, we're going to go in here. When I come back, it's time to go into rant mode because I don't stand for disrespect of Troy Polamalu right after this. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Now let's get to this talking about Troy Polamalu. Now, y'all know me. I'm cool. I'm chilly mo. I don't go off unless I need to. But apparently, some people out here like to talk reckless about Troy Polamalu. First person, of course, we have to go with Bart Scott. Now, if you don't remember Bart Scott, he's an NFL personality nowadays. He's done ESPN. He's bounced around. But he used to be a member of the Baltimore Ravens and eventually the New York Jets. Um, He was... Uh, you know, he was one of the Ravens that, you know, he hit Ben Roethlisberger really hard. I thought it was funny to make fun of him. Um, you know, he was, I mean, he was, and he was a good player. He, he brought, he brought it when he was playing there, but then eventually he went to the New York Jets. Um, and he was the guy that when they beat the, the Patriots in the 2010 slash 2011, uh, AFC divisional round, uh, he walked up to Sal Pan Antonio, whoever it was that was on the sideline that day. And he said, can't wait when they said, are you ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers? And that became the anthem until then the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the, the, the tar out of those guys. And, uh, it should be noted that Bart, Bart Scott is 0-2 all time against the Steelers in the AFC championship game. Uh, but he took to me, he was asked about, you know, the great safeties of his era. And he said it was disrespectful to mention Ed Reed in the same sentence as Troy Polamalu, saying that Ed Reed was head head over heels above Troy Polamalu, that he did more things than Troy Polamalu, that Polamalu needed Ryan Clark to set everything up for him because he was just making up things as he went. He wasn't actually making plays, blah, 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 blah. He was great in the box, but he didn't do things outside the hashes, you know, and all, all that kind of stuff. So he was... He, you know, he was just going off on this, and it's like, okay, Bart, you know, I get it. You're mad that the Steelers kicked your butt your whole career, and you just want to vent about it. It's cool, whatever. Uh, but then it also goes down to the Good Morning Football crew, which is, you know, the show that wakes you up on NFL Network. And, you know, four people were giving their, uh, they had a list safeties that they would build a team around um, that they watched. And uh, the first person says, Ed Reed. The second person says Bob Sanders, and then the third person says John Lynch, what? And then the fourth person says Sean Taylor, okay, Sean Taylor, I feel you. Uh, That was a very sad and tragic end to a player who's looking like to be one of the best players uh, of his generation. Um, But, you know, if you said Ed Reed, wouldn't be mad at you. Said Sean Taylor, wouldn't be mad at you. Bob Sanders and John Lynch? Are you out of your mind? What are you thinking? And, and, And... and it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't like both of these back-to-back were happening right now. It, I, you know, to me, it's like, you know, when it says, but it's like, come on, man. What's wrong with people with their with their dislike of Troy Polamalu? It's, it's, it's like some people are programmed to just say ridiculous things to just dislike the Steelers. This is why the Steelers get bad ratings in Madden. It's, it's, there's, this, there's this national distaste for the organization. I don't get it. It's just stupid. Because Troy Polamalu was the best strong safety of his era. First and foremost, let's clear this up about him and Ed Reed. They did two different things. 
they're different. You don't compare them. Uh, I was talking with Dale Lolly about this on uh, Morning Java for DKPittsburghSports.com, and uh, Dale put it, put it away. He's like, you wouldn't compare uh, Lawrence Taylor to Ray Lewis because one's a, an edge rushing outside linebacker, one's an off ball inside linebacker. They do two completely different things, but both are great in their roles. You wouldn't say I wouldn't mention such and such player in the same breath as such and such player. Because they do two different things. Ed Reed played deep safety pretty much his whole career. He was in position to make interceptions because he stayed back so far. And he had Ray Lewis underneath to take to take away the run and to help in coverage. Um, Ray Lewis may be the second best all-time uh, cover linebacker in the history of the NFL. The first, of course, is Steelers' Jack Ham. But um, when you look at... Uh, when you look at Ed, Ed Reed's career, of course he did all that, but Troy was in the box, but Troy could also play deep, as we saw se several times. Now, Bart Scott says, oh, whenever Troy Pumali wanted to drop back into coverage, he just had to stay within the hashes. No, he didn't. You stupid. You remember the, the Falcons game where the Steelers were using Dennis Dixon and they won with a crazy uh, uh, Rashard Mendenhall 50-yard touchdown run? Go back and look that up on YouTube. It's actually a pretty exciting moment if you ever missed it. Um, I actually didn't see that live. I was in college and I was watching from that NFL.com ticker. It's the weirdest thing in the world. But anyway, uh, in, in that game, in the fourth quarter, Matt Ryan and the Falcons get the ball back late. And the Steelers, I mean, they, they, they were so pathetic on offense that day. Dennis Dixon was not doing anything. And... They throw a, a ball to the sideline, and Troy Pomelo just jumps it. It's to the sideline. It's an out route. Reads it the whole way. Jumps it. Picks it. Bam. Steelers in a really good position. But the offense was so bad, they didn't capitalize on it and had to go to overtime. But that's what Troy did. He made plays outside the hashes, inside the hashes, at the line of scrimmage, 50 yards downfield. Wherever he, wherever he went, he scared people. I have struggled to find this clip for years, but I remember when I first watched the first replay sound effects that came out about Super Bowl 45. there was a clip of Aaron Rodgers talking to his wide receivers. I can never find this anymore, but but I, I know I saw it on NFL Network where Aaron Rodgers is talking to his guys in the huddle, and he's saying, wherever you go, if you see 43, you go the other way. Because if he's around you, I'm not looking at you. That's how much Aaron Rodgers knew not to mess with Troy Polamalu. And sure, Troy had had a couple plays where it was rough because he did a lot of instinct instinctual plays. He would jump um, he would jump snaps, and that's another thing that he did that no one else did. He would jump the snap. He would jump the he would jump the route. He would play all and out. He'd do he'd do so many different things that Ryan Clark would get so lost with where he was. He'd be like, "Wait, where's Troy?" And Troy's already on something else. I mean, Pat McAfee, knowing the you know you know saying that they had the, the certain setup for the Steelers where they do it they've done it for years, and he said, "If we get this certain lineup on an extra point or a field goal, I know I can just run here and no one will touch me." And he said that Paul Malu read it out. Go if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to it. It's actually a pretty funny. Uh, rant that he does because he says Troy Polamalu took his only chance at scoring. Um, uh, but uh, when you look at when you look at um, uh, when you look at you know Troy, Troy's history, I mean, come on, it's just you know he he's all about being all over the field. He was he was an extreme student of the game, um, and it's it's ridiculous to say that he's not in the quote unquote same sentence or same breath as. As, as Ed Reed. The two are the great, greatest safeties of their generation. They're two of the greatest safeties all time. They play different roles. Stop with the Troy slander. You just sound stupid. And and, and Bart and Bart Scott, you just sound butthurt that he kicked your butt for years. And I understand because, you know what, Steelers fans, there's some Steelers fans out there that don't want to give Tom Brady credit for being maybe the greatest processor of the field in the history of the quarterback position. But 
those are butthurt fans. You, sir, are an athlete. You're supposed to be better than that. And you not. You just out here hating on the man. And to the people who think that Bob Sanders and John Lynch would be the guys that you take to build a defense around, are you kidding me? That Buccaneers defense was not built around John Lynch. It was built around Derrick Brooks. It was built around Warren Sapp, around Rondé Barber. I mean, come on. John Lynch was a good player on that team, but was he was he the best? Never. Troy Polamalu was the best player on that defense for years. And that was a defense with James Ferrier, with James Harrison, with Casey Hampton. They had players on that team. Aaron Smith, guys that were just dominant. And Troy Polamalu was far and above the best player on the field when that happened. I mean, the AFC Championship in a pick six against the Ravens. Um, again, I, I get it. If that if that ripped your heart out as a player and you, you don't want to ever you know, give that guy credit. I understand that pain, but you got to get over it. And as far, but again, for the, for the people who picked Bob Sanders over, I get that he was once a defensive player of the year. And listen, I, I know Bob Sanders. Uh, funny story, his his nephew was my roommate in my, my, my freshman year in college. And uh, he used to have to call my phone because uh, my roommate didn't have a phone in the first week of school. So Bob Sanders would call my phone and be like, this is Bob Sanders. I'm like, oh, I'm scared of that guy. Uh, but um, but anyways, but still, like Bob Sanders, yeah, defensive player of the year, a very good, strong safety. But he didn't do all the things that Troy could do. I mean, let's just let's just get that out the way now. John Lynch, I mean, come on. Like, no. Another good, strong safety. But, yeah. Just, just not, he couldn't do all the things that Troy could do. Troy could catch it with one hand. Troy could fly to the sidelines, fly deep down the field. He could hit you harder than anybody else. He could, fl- come on, man. Like, I don't even know why I'm, for, y'all know what I'm saying here. People need to stop the Troy Polamalu disrespect. And if anything else, the biggest thing that matters, and this is what Dale told me, he's like, when, when he spoke, uh, when, when he spoke to the, to the Hall of Fame committee, because he gave the speech for Troy Polamalu this year, um, to get him in the hall, there was not one single person in the room that was trying to say that John Lynch was a better safety because he was also up for Hall of Fame voting than uh, than Troy Polamalu. So so get that get that get that out my face. That's that y'all ain't right. Y'all just mad about something. Maybe y'all just trying to y'all just trying to sound cool for the gram or whatever it's going on in the world. But Troy Polamalu is the best strong safety that I've that I've seen play football with my own two eyes. Maybe the best strong safety of all time. But either way, he absolutely gets mentioned in the same sentence with the greats. Tell, you think I'm crazy? You think they're crazy? Go check me out on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. Hit me up because I'm talking with these guys all the time. We're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about Keith Butler because he had some interesting things to say about his defense in 2020 right after this. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we're back here at the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Now, let's talk about Keith Butler talking with the media uh, recently. 
Uh, this happened late last week. We just needed a chance to really get to it. But uh, he had a lot to say about his confidence in the team moving forward because he's really excited about where they've been and how they played last year, of course. They were the, they led the, t the league in sacks for a third straight year in a row, unprecedented in the history of the NFL. They led the NFL in turnovers. Uh, they are looking really good. They're really young. And he's excited because he thinks that they're going to be able to come together a lot better this year a lot better this year because especially Minka Fitzpatrick, who may be the best player on that defense, uh, will have a whole, will have had a play the whole season now with them and will have an off season to get used to everything and come in being the guy at free safety. There won't be any questions of what's going on back there. Um, uh, it's an exact quote from Butler. He said, Minka has been here for a year now. He'll know the defense in and out. The guys have played together a bit, so it gives us a chance to be pretty good. I hope we will see when the season starts. Of course, being a little, you know, humble or, or, or human, you know, showing some humility, you're saying, saying pretty good. This defense should be great. They've got two really good edge rushers. They've got two really good interior uh, defensive linemen. They've got a, a young inside linebacker that can go sideline to sideline. They've got a veteran inside linebacker who can bring the heat stuff to run. They've got two cornerbacks outside the numbers that can lock down pe people and play very good out there. They've got a, a, a deep a, a deep safety that's, that's elite, and they have a strong safety who's coming along. Now, what's also interesting is that Keith Butler's biggest comments in, in this whole in this whole press conference was about the middle of his defense. He jumped he starts with Minka, but then he jumps to talking about Devin Bush because he thinks that Devin Bush could really um uh um, you know he's uh, you know he's he thinks Devin Bush could really be a huge pin for the Steelers moving forward this season. Um, he and here's here's what he had to say as far as you know where his progress is. He says, "quote We think he's really going to come alive for us a little bit this year. He's played he's played well for us last year as a rookie, but once you've been there, he's he's seen the game a little bit. He knows the speed of the game. He knows what we are going to call for the most part, and he's got an idea what we are going to expect of him." We're hopeful that he's going to be able to be able to have a good year for us this year. Now, um, Devin Bush, I've I've made this point several times out. There were times I would specifically study Devin Bush. He would make a mistake, get beat by a tight end for a touchdown early in the season, and then you'd see see not not you even in the same game. I think it was against Luke Wilson with the with the Seahawks. He gives up a touchdown in the middle of the field, and. Um, and uh, and you know it, it looks it looks rough, and then later Wilson tries the same route, and Devin Bush blankets it, and it's he takes the play he takes the play away. Same thing happened throughout the year. I saw a young man learning. I mean, don't forget this guy came in the league at the years tw at twenty years old. He'll be twenty one, going on twenty two this season. Um, he's extreme. He's a baby. He's still learning how to just be, um, let alone be in the NFL. But this guy's a quick learner. He he he's a student of the game. His dad played 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 the game. Um, I think that we're going to, I think that we're going to see a huge bump in, in Devin Bush. And I, I've said that before in this podcast, but I'm telling you, he's my guy that I think is the key to everything going to the next level. Um, because if he plays on a truly elite level, where are you going in this team? Are you testing Joe Hayden? Are you testing Steven Nelson? Are you trusting that, that the pass rush isn't going to get to you? Because here comes Devin Bush stopping the run and here comes Devin Bush covering the pass. And then, oh, by the way, if you do get back behind him, oh, there's Minka Fitzpatrick. Good Lord, where do you attack on this defense? And that's part of where where, uh, where Butler's coming from. Because also, don't forget, when Bush came into training camp last year, not even training camp, rookie camp, mini camp last year, before they even put on the, the real pads, 
they were saying that he was calling out the plays. He understood what was going on. So now you got a guy who knows your playbook entirely, who's had a year to play in it and a year to feel out where he can expand himself. Because that that you know, took. We were just talking about Troy Polamalu. Troy Polamalu's rookie season had had a lot of ups and downs. There were times he looked out of place. He needed to figure things out. But at, you saw, even in his second year, he was really coming along. Then in his third year, he you could tell he was on another level and he was going to be special. I think Devin Bush. I think that he just had to learn some things so that his instincts could fit into what his brain understands of the game. We saw that with T.J. Watt. He understands how to beat people, but he needed to understand that how to do that within the constructs of an NFL defense. That's what Devin Bush has, has to get used to, and I think that that's what he's going to do, and that's why they're confident in him. But the other player that they mentioned in the middle of the defense that Keith that, that Butler seemed really excited about was Terrell Edmonds, of all people. Many people would point to Terrell Edmonds as being the weak link of this defense. But here's what Butler said on Edmonds. Quote, He's, he is coming along and he has been coming along. There is a great expectation in terms of where you are drafted. We took him high at the time. We can we feel like he can help us. I think he's going to get better. I think having Minka across from him is going to help him in terms of communication and the way they play and how they can complement each other. I think he's going to be a big asset for us as, as he continues to get better. I think he will, con- will continue to get better. Our secondary coaches have done a good job with him. As we roll along, the more more he plays the more comfortable he is going to get mentally in that case if they start to get comfortable mentally most of the time they're going to play faster and that's my thing on Terrell Edmonds he shows the ability to cover sideline to sideline in the box he starts to look less less confident when he breaks down the field now now he's a person that if Bart Scott made that comment about Terrell Edmonds okay that is Terrell Edmonds but that's not Troy Polamalu but Bart, but I will say this this about Terrell Edmonds. When you look at the way that he plays, he is often at least in position to cover something. Now, when the ball's in the air, that's when you see him start to not look as confident. He doesn't play it as well. He doesn't time his jumps as well. Um, and sometimes he just gets beat. I mean, like like people really were mad at him because DK Metcalf caught a touchdown over him in uh, week two of the season. He, meanwhile, he was in perfect position. He was between Metcalf and, the, and Russell Wilson. He rose up. He forced Russell Wilson to throw the perfect pass. It was the perfect pass. There's some things you just can't cover, and that was one of those plays. But there were times where he was getting beat for, in, in certain spots, where he, where he looked a little lost, things weren't working out, and they had to recover because of him. Um, I think early, early in the season there was a Bengals play that almost went for a score, or it would have. You know, it was it was it was there was a big play that was about to happen where they had to kind of recover because Terrell Evans was out of his spot. But point being, he does have he is the one that has to have to make the biggest jump in 2020. But again, I don't think that Terrell Evans is bad. I just think he's the most average of their first round picks over the past few years that's still on the team. Of course, Artie Burns would be uh, would, would be lower than that. But um, you know, when I look at Evans, he doesn't seem like he's completely out, out of sorts. He just looks like he's a guy that's that's not, you know, that's that's still figuring certain things out because he has a lot of roles. He has to jump to the slot. He has to ju- cover the tight end. He has to cover people running across the middle. He has to help against the run. There's a lot of roles there that he has to cover, and I think that he's getting there. I've seen progress in him, and people people forget the plays that he does make. If he doesn't make a big pass breakup on a two point conversion against the Colts. They're, they're tying the game, and there's a lot more pressure on, on the Steelers to do more late in that game. We're not sure if they win that game, and the Steelers might not have finished with an 8-8 eight eight record or been in, in the playoff hunt late in that season because of him. 
he does make plays. He does have the speed and the athleticism and the size to cover guys across the field. I'm interested to see how he plays the bigger tight ends this year when they start going up against teams that like to use the tight end position, uh, you know, specifically Baltimore with Mark Andrews. Uh, you know, you know, does he match up with him? There was a play in his rookie season in 2018 where they where uh, they the Ravens lined up Mark Andrews out as a split as a split end, ran him a deep route on Terrell Edmonds, single coverage, perfect coverage, and he knocked it away. It was a pass breakup. He has the means to do it. He just has to come in within himself, get his feet under him, play consistently within the game, and understand what's going on around him. That only comes with time. Now, sometimes. It never comes for some people. The NFL is a very difficult league to adjust to. Maybe the hardest of all the professional sports. But I think it. I think Steelers fans give him time, and especially with all the heavy hitters and anchors that are on this defense that that can carry the weight. Especially with T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, maybe Devin Bush, definitely Cam Hayward, maybe Stephon Tuitt, maybe Joe Hayden, maybe Steven Nelson. You got a lot of guys that can carry that weight. Maybe that's where he finds his confidence is that he can play a little more freely knowing he's got that all those great players behind him. Um, but this is also why I said Keith Butler was going to be fine as a defensive coordinator. I'd said for years, this guy knows what he's doing. He just needs the players to do it. And uh, now he has them, and they're looking really good. Let's see how they develop this year. But um, that's, that's our show for today. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Really appreciate all you guys out there. Um, again, my name is Christopher Carter. You can find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. You can also find me on Instagram there. Um, if you ever want to hit me up, hit me with an at, hit me with a DM. Follow me. I will follow you back. Um, I Don't be afraid to talk to me, guys. I'm always down to chat with you guys. You can join our Locked On Steelers Facebook group where you can vote on things like the Fantasy Draft Friday um, and play along with some of our games. We're uh, I think we're over 680 people strong now. So uh, we're growing every day. But there's a, it's a safe, you know, fun group that you can talk about Steelers stuff with people in there. It's a good community. I'm in there. Uh, if you've listened to this show for a while, uh, other guests of the show are in there, Hunter Homestead, Tony Serino, Wesley Euler, Adam Crowley, you know, guys that are on, on local Pittsburgh radio here. Uh, so definitely include, you know, get it, get in there. You can chat with them. Everyone's, uh, has a good time in there. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, leave a five-star review along with a positive, uh, comment doing so. We'll get you a shout on the show. Thanks to all those who do that. Those five stars reviews, y'all, they really help the show moving forward. Again, thanks for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and I'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.